Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Starkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at starkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Well, I invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 18 as we continue today in these eight short verses that are just absolutely jam-packed with great information to help us experience a breakthrough prayer life. Uh, the mini-series for four weeks is called Breakthrough 2021, and hopefully you're a part of this. And maybe this is your first time, or maybe you've missed for a few weeks. I, I would encourage you to go online, go to our Facebook page, and watch the first three messages, uh, because it'll help, you, it'll help you get to where uh, God wants you to be in regards to your prayer life. And as we launch into this new year, there's everybody needs a breakthrough. And we may not know exactly what that is. We may not be able to define it well, but we all need and desire a breakthrough. And God wants us to experience a breakthrough. Now, for some of us, it's just a new part of our journey with Him, man, that, that our walk with God gets real. That our walk with God gets real good. And He desires that. And so when we align ourselves with what He wants, breakthrough will surely happen. Now, uh, so what we did is we provided a, couple, a tool a couple of weeks ago for uh, uh, breakthrough and fasting. We talked about fasting, about what that means in different areas or ways that you could fast, that it's not just about food. It can be about a lot of different things. And then last week, hopefully, you started that journey of fasting from something at whatever level you committed to. And last week, we talked about prayer, how we align our prayer with our fasting so that we can experience a breakthrough in our prayer life. And so I got a question for you. Has anybody experienced a breakthrough yet? If you have, say, I have. Yeah, I have too. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, has anybody seen a change in your prayer life? Say, amen. Amen. I have too. Now, anybody hungry? Is anybody hungry? If you fast, then you've gone through these hunger. And hunger is beautiful when fasting because it reminds us really two great things. One is that it's time now that I'm supposed to pray. And also it should remind us that there, there's a big part of the world that feel that 24-7. They're hungry all the time around the world. And, and so it helps us develop uh, humility and a prayer life. Uh, about the things in our world and so today we're going to continue as we talk about prayer and often prayer has a lot of confusion connected to it uh, even by definition if you look it up it means it says this a solemn request uh, for help or expression of thanksgiving or gratitude about something and although that's true prayer is our uh, time to request something and it's true that it should be a time where we uh, express our gratitude or our thanks to God for what, he, what He's already given to us. It's so much more than that. Prayer is our channel of communication with God about anything and everything. That's what it is. It's an open conversation with God, the one who created everything with a whisper. That God, it's an open, it's a channel of communication about anything and everything. And, and, and so there's some confusion often when it comes to prayer. Because we, we watch people, we hear people pray, and we don't know what prayer should look like. So we hear pray, prayers sometimes and we think, no, that was a serious prayer. Like I shared about being in that prayer group of old senior adult women in that church, man, and it just rattled my cage. They were calling heaven down. You know, they were co quoting scripture, and I'm like, that's extra credit right there. You quoting some scripture and putting the address in there, you know, that's Jeremiah 6, 14. You know, you get extra credit on that prayer. Okay, or if while you're praying, somebody else beside you give you a mm-hmm, 
If you get a mm-hmm in a prayer from somebody else, you in. Okay, you're in the zone. You know what I'm saying? And so you start getting these erroneous ideas about what prayer should look like. And, and, and so even to a point uh, that we get to a place where there's some silliness about our prayers. We, we, we repeat our prayers and we, have a, we feel like we have a duty and an obligation to pray. And, and, and it is a duty and an obligation, but it's, it's a privilege more than it is a duty and an obligation. So, so what we do is we, we get to a place where we pray and, and we feel obligated to pray. And so we, we say, God, we pray over this food. We pray that you would nourish this food to strengthen our body. Anybody ever prayed for God to nourish the food? You, you know, nourish the food. What, what, I don't know what that means. Okay, you're going to nourish the food. And meanwhile, we're saying it at the McDonald's. We got a Big Mac, a Biggie Fry, and a milkshake. And we're, we're praying a miracle down right there, okay? It's a miracle for God to nourish, to nourish that stuff, okay? Because we don't even know what's in that stuff. Okay, so there's a lot of confusion about prayer. And, and so one of them we pray for, anybody ever pray for traveling mercy? Anybody ever use the word God to pray for traveling mercy, Okay. I pray that, and then I get on the interstate, and I break the law the whole time. I'm doing like 78, because they'll pull you over at 80. I'm doing 78 in a 65 or a 70, uh, but I prayed for traveling mercy. And God's like, why would I give you mercy? You're illegal. You know, you're breaking the law of the land. And that's, you read your New Testament. You can't do that, okay? And so what we're talking about is a breakthrough prayer life, okay? What it means to have a, a, a relationship with God where that channel is like open, and, and like when you pray and you know he hears and, and you pray and you feel like, man, I'm with God. I'm in the zone. I really am in the zone. Okay, that's what we're talking about. And this is part two. So we talked about last week the first two things in verses 1 through 8 of Luke 18. The first one was priority. Uh, Jesus said, uh, the Bible says Jesus taught them a story or a parable so that, the, that, that they would continue to pray and not lose hope. They would continue to pray. We're supposed to pray. It should be a priority. It should be an integral part of our life. It shouldn't be just 911 prayers, you know, when we're in bad need. It shouldn't just be at meals. It should be, um, but James says, to pray without ceasing. So uh, we're supposed to just continue to pray, all right, all the time, an open channel of conversation. Uh, secondly, we saw the word persistence. It means we're supposed to just keep diving in there, even, and I, and I gave you, I, I hopefully you were, you were liberated last week when I showed you that it's okay to pray the same thing over and over. I was guilty of that. I, I had some wrong ideas about that. I'm talking about God, I prayed it once. I trust you, so I'm just going to leave it there. Okay? No, it's okay to continue to pray the same thing. Pray for the children. We, we gave you a tool of how to pray for these things. They're right there on your fingertips. And, and so... We sh it's okay to pray the same thing over and over, persistently praying. We talked about that when your prayers align with the will of God and the way of God, according to the word of God, then you can expect a yes in your prayer life. If it doesn't align with the will of God, the way of God, and the word of God, then it's a no, because he will never go against his word. Well, what do you do when I've been praying, man, and I don't have a yes yet? You are in the waiting mode, all right? So you just keep praying until you get a yes or clarity that he's trying to tell you no. Now, let's go to number three today. This is where we left off last week. The word is possibilities in our prayer. Possibilities in our prayer. Listen to what happens in verse 4 and 5 of Luke chapter 18. It says, for a while he refused. This is the ungodly judge. Okay? It's real cool. Pay attention. For a while he refused. But afterward. But afterward. He said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, 
Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Now, possibilities. It says that this judge is ungodly. He says of himself earlier, he says, I don't value God. I don't value man. I have no respect for God, no regard for men. But because she just keeps on bothering me, she's beating me down, I am going to respond to her request. Now, go back, if you would, to that last slide, two slides ago, the first part. He says, for a while, he refused. But afterward, he said, okay, put it back on possibilities. I want you to see this. This is so cool. This is often where we are in our prayer life. We're praying to God, man. We're just laying it out there. We're just speaking it like we, like we feel it. We're going to God. We're laboring in it, and we just don't have an answer. Here it is. You ready? For a while, but afterward. Sometimes in our prayer life, we're in for a while. We're just in it for a while. And God is watching us and he knows we're in it for a while. And he's developing our faith. He's testing out our diligence and our perseverance and our persistence. He's watching us to see if we're going to go somewhere else or, like most of us do, try to fix it ourselves. Sometimes he leaves us for a while, but afterward he hears. So if you're praying, maybe you've got a prayer request. I, I, I know there are people in here who have a request, a burden, a need, something in your life you've been praying about, and you just have not experienced breakthrough. Maybe you're just in it for a while. But I want you to know, afterward, God's going to do something sweet. Now, he goes on in this, and, and, and it explains how heathen and ungodly this guy is. And Luke chapter 9, look what it says in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. It says, and I tell you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. He says, what father among you? Now, now he's going to do a comparison. You're, you're, you're talking about this ungodly judge, disregard for God, a disrespect for mankind. That's not who he's talking about. Now he's talking about God, who is the opposite of that. He, he, says, he says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Anybody going to do that? No. He says, or if he asks for an egg, you're going to give him a scorpion. And you're, ungod you're heathen. You're not perfect. You're not God. But yet, who's still going to do that? Offer something terrible in, in place of something that the child has asked for. He says, if you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Often the reason prayers are unanswered is because they're unasked. Often the reason prayers are unanswered is because we never prayed about it. Because we tried to handle it ourselves. So here's the question. What keeps us praying? What motivates us, what motivated this widow to go to the ungodly judge with her request over and over and over, just giving him the beat down? Okay, what motivates us to continue to be willing to, to pray, just to go to God? I believe it's just the remotest possibility that the God of everything, the creator and sustainer of all existence, just might in a moment respond. 
just might in the moment of prayer, and hopefully you've experienced this in your prayer journey in the last few weeks where you pray a lot, but in this moment, for some reason, you knew God heard you. You were in the zone. You felt like, man, this is it, because that's what God desires for you. And maybe your need is not like the widow's need. Maybe your need is emotional. Maybe you just need relief, a breakthrough in your emotional life. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your relational life. Maybe you need a, a breakthrough in your financial life. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your physical life. God is the God of breakthrough. And the, we pray based on the possibility that God might just hear us and respond. In fact, God does hear us. In fact, God does respond. And we're going to see that today. And so, great question. Is it, is it solid? Is it a solid theology or doctrine to believe that God is the God of possibilities? Is it solid for us to believe that truly God would care to hear our prayer request? Look what God told Jeremiah. This is so cool. Listen to what he says. Call to me and I will answer you. And will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. This is an invitation God has given for us to call on Him. An invitation to come into His presence with our needs, our requests, and our thanksgiving. An invitation for a child to come and speak to a father. A an invitation for the limited to go before the limitless. An invitation for the shaken to stand before the unshakable. An invitation for the mortal to speak to the immortal. An invitation for the created in front of the creator. It is God inviting us to come. And he doesn't, doesn't just say, come in and call on me. He goes on. He says, if you call on me, I'll answer. And I won't give you a little answer. He says, I will show you great and miraculous things that you did not know. That's an invitation, and that's what God wants our prayer life to look like. Now, Matthew 19, 26, let's talk about the possibility of God. Is he an impossible God? He says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Say all things possible. He says all things are possible. Look at this verse. Luke 1, for nothing will be impossible with God. Jeremiah 32, 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And then lastly, Psalms 91, 15, When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. God is a God of impossibilities. And when we start praying because of, we understand the possibilities of God in our life, and we start seeing answered prayer, those possibilities become probabilities. And we develop an expectation. I want you to know something. When you, if you pray without an expectancy in your prayer, it's a faithless prayer. And the Bible says, apart from faith, it's impossible to please God. When you pray, pray with expectancy. God, I know you hear my prayer. God, I know that, that you care about my need. We pray with an expectation from God. 
I'll share a story about that. Uh, we have a person in our worship team uh, who plays a box. This is a box. <laughs> the instrumental name is a cajon. We call it a box. You probably have said, man, that guy on the box is pretty good. Okay? It's an instrument. It really is. You know, it's not a, it's not a shoe box or, you know, it's, it's a box. It's made as an instrument. All right? Now, he has a little boy who hasn't turned two yet. And he's got twins on the way before the little boy turns two. So he's going to be like, y'all need to pray for that family. He'll have three under two. It's like a daycare at the house. All right? So his little two-year-old, his name's Levi. What a cool name. That's a biblical name. The priestly tribe. Okay? Leviticus. Okay? It's just a cool name. It's got some teeth. So Levi was eating some Cheerios in a little bowl. And all of the, the lunacy of this world was just coming on full display. You had the election going on. You got a pandemic going on. You got social injustice going on. Along with all the other stuff that this world is just has flipped upside down. And Adam was just a little burdened about it. So he decided he'd give his little two-year-old a little lecture. So he told Levi. Levi's eating his Cheerios in his bowl. And he said, Levi, buddy, we love you. And we're sorry that we brought you into such a crazy world. The world is upside down. They, they don't know God. He's just laying it out on the line, you know, getting his little two-year-old ready for the world. And about the time he finished with this big speech, Levi looked up to him. He had eaten his last Cheerio. He said, all gone. Now, here it is. Here it is. Are you ready? Levi wasn't worried about the world. Levi wasn't worried about a pandemic. Levi wasn't worried about the election. Levi wasn't worried about social injustice. Levi just knew his Cheerios were all gone. And he has a father. If I just hold my bowl up, he's going to give me some more Cheerios. Now listen, that's the way we're supposed to live with the possibilities of God. When the world absolutely comes unglued, when it flips upside down and you can't make sense of it, we have a father. All we have to do is hold our bowl up and say, all gone. And our Father will replenish our need. Amen? Now, that's what possibility looks like. Now, let's move to the next one. The next one uh, we're going to see is the posture. What, is, what should be our posture in prayer? This is really cool stuff. I never saw it before. It's really cool. Helped me. Okay? Look what it says now about this uh, widow. It says, verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? And so the question is, what is the posture of prayer? The posture, the word posture means the attitude of the, or the emotion of the situation. Okay, what is our posture? You'll hear people sometimes say, well, have you cried out to God? You know, and, and, and I'm just going to be transparent. It's, crying is a great thing. I, I went for years and I did not cry. And then it's like the Lord flipped a switch and sometimes it's like the floodgates. I, I was driving one day down the road and the, the, the sky had big cotton ball clouds and bright, uh, royal blue sky and the wind was blowing and, and, the, and the weeds along the highway were blowing and, and God just jumped in the car with me and he, he just breathed on me and I, I was like, and, and, and the switch came on. I'm, 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 I had to pull over. I know people thought the guys, I'm, <laughs> it's one of those, you know, you try to quit, you know, and it hurts in your throat because you're trying to choke it back, you know, and I'm like, what is this? You know, it, it's just God broke my heart in the moment. 
And, and since then, there's things my heart has been tenderized. I, my son-in-law, Clark, who's in Kenya, I think he's in Kenya today. He left yesterday after a big uh, fiasco. But anyway, he's in, and, and used to, you know, he, he, was not, he was not that way. When he married Kelsey, you know, he was stony. His nickname should have been Stony. okay? Now, he was going to leave Major, his little baby, and I was watching him the other day, and he says, yeah, I'm going to be gone in two weeks. You hear the, you know, his eyes got all glassed over. God does that. He breaks your heart, and it's okay to cry. But listen to me. Sometimes we, we get the feeling that if I'm not just crying before God, it's not easy. A lot of guys struggle crying, okay? It's a hard thing. It's just not often the common trait of us, of guys, okay? It's just not. We fight it back because we think it's, it's a sign of weakness, and it's not, okay? But sometimes we think, i got to be crying to God for him to hear my prayer. Listen to me. If the emotion of your heart is so broken that you cry, then absolutely you cry out before God. Our prayer... The words of our prayers should align itself with the emotion of our heart. Maybe your prayer is not a brokenness where you would just weep to God. Maybe your prayer is that God would remove, say, fear and anxiety from your life. Then you may not cry about that. What's your posture? Your words begin to align with the emotion of your heart. The emotion of your heart is in fear. The emotion of your heart is in unrest and anxiety. So how do you posture yourself? That's where scripture comes in. You begin to tell God what you know is true based on his word. And we begin to understand passages like we see here in Philippians right there. Four, it says, do not be anxious. You begin to pray that. God, I, your word says I'm not supposed to be anxious or have anxiety. But in everything I'm supposed to pray, so I'm praying and I'm supplicating. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Why? And the peace of God, which is the opposite, the antithesis of anxiety. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Not just will show up, but will guard your anxious heart. Will guard your fearful emotions. And your minds in Christ Jesus. And maybe you go to 2 Timothy and you pray. Of, you are reminded that God gave us a spirit not of fear. But of power and love and self-control. So we claim who God says we can claim to be. In regards to the emotions of our heart. We think about passages like Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Listen, when you understand Scripture, and you understand that the Scripture is, is revealing the way and the will of God, you pray about the way and the will of God. Uh, maybe your prayer is not anxiety. Uh, maybe your prayer is, uh, or excuse me, maybe your prayer is not about fear. Uh, maybe you have a, another fear. Maybe it's not. May, maybe it's not a fear or anxiety at all. Maybe, maybe the emotion of your heart is gladness. Maybe you're happy. Maybe you realize in the moment all that God has done. Maybe you realize, man, I, I, I don't. I got air. I just breathed again. I got lungs that are working. There's air out there to suck up and enjoy. Okay, I got a family. I maybe you're just overwhelmed at all that God has done. What is the posture of your prayer? You align the, the words of your mouth with the emotion of your heart. You're glad in your heart. You let that be come out in the words of your mouth. You begin to, to, to read and to quote and to say to God things that you would read, say, in Psalm 100. 
Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. This is not crying and brokenness. This is gladness and joy. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is good. It is he who made us and we are his and we're his people and the sheep of his pasture. You just get caught up in the fact that God loves you and he's included you and invited you and he sent Jesus to save you. And, and all of a sudden, man, you're just caught up and you're thinking, what was I praying about anyway? Okay, and he goes and he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Posture. So this week, I think it was this week, my, my older daughter, Caitlin, was taking her children to school and she stopped and got them a biscuit. And Judson, he likes biscuits. I mean, he's a biscuit eater. All right. And so she gave him a biscuit. Man, he just tore into that biscuit. And he had eaten a couple bites. He said, Mommy, this is the, I think this is the best biscuit I ever had. And she said, Oh, that's awesome. And then he goes, Ah, I forgot to pray. He's in his car seat. He bowed his head. This is his prayer. God is great. God is good. I'm sorry I ate part of this biscuit before I prayed. <laughs> now you say, What's that got to do with Here it is. From children, we learn who God is. From children, we experience what God desires from us. That even if we forget, we're reminded. That even if we're worried, we hold up our bowl. So, so maybe, maybe the posture is, your posture is different depending on the need that you have. God's desire, I want you to see this, is for your prayers, the words of your mouth, to align with the emotion of your heart. Because this is what he looks at. He doesn't just listen to this. He sees if this is in alignment with this. Watch this. Jesus tells a story in Luke the chapter 18. He says, Jesus also told his parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And they treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. It says the Pharisee standing by himself prayed this. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes to heaven but he beat his breast saying God be merciful to me a sinner I tell you Jesus said this man went down to his house justified rather than the other the tax collector went home justified for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but the one who humbles himself will be exalted posture Jesus was looking at the emotion of the heart and Jesus desires that the words of our prayers and the emotion of our heart are in alignment. Here's the goal. Jesus wants to be intricately involved, listen, in every dimension of your emotion. Isn't that cool? If you're happy, Jesus said, let me get in on that. You're broke down and need, Jesus says, let me come into that. You got a need, you got a financial need, an emergency. Right, let, me, let me come into the middle of that. But often, what do we do? Well, I'll shoulder this myself. And then we carry that burden. 
And then another need comes and we haven't been cultivating a breakthrough prayer life and we just carry that one. And then another uh, 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 slew of uh, uh, feelings come along and we just carry that all the while thinking, I, I, I can handle this, I can handle this because I don't want to burden God. It reminds me, I had two friends of mine I used to call on. They were brothers. They were uh, Carl and Brian Parasoliti and uh, they were Catholic. One of them a devout Catholic practicing, the other a Yehu. And... Uh, and so the Yehu brother, one day he would always ask me about Baptist faith, and I would ask him about Catholic faith. And I said, well, Carl, let me ask him, why do you pray to Mary? He goes, well, uh, you know, if, uh, if I need something from Jesus, Jesus is very busy. And just like if I need to call you to buy something, if you're not available, who would I call? And I honestly didn't know the answer to the question. I don't know. My boss, I'm, I don't know. He said, I'd call your mom. That's what he told me. I said, Okay. And he said, so Jesus is very busy, so I, we, we pray to his mom. And I said, ain't there a whole lot of you Catholics in this world? He said, yeah. I said, Mary's busy too. So why don't you just go to Jesus, okay? Now, now, what does that have to do with anything? I'm not real sure. Uh, what, what, that has, what that has to do with, what, what that has to do with is the, is the posture of our heart. What that has to do with is God goes directly and he watches both the heathen and the saved he watches their heart he it doesn't have to be manipulated or manufactured he already knows our heart in this very moment in this very room he knows your heart he knows if you're thinking about going to Aubrey's instead of listening to that good preacher he he knows when you were singing if you were thinking about you know changing oil in your car while everybody else well a few of us was praising Okay, he knows he knows your heart. So rather than confess something that's neck deep, just just pray the emotion of your heart. But what we do is we just carry it. We just want to carry it ourselves, right? And that's why I shared the Catholic story. We we want to carry it ourselves, and instead of practicing giving it to Jesus. Now, you've heard the expression, "Why pray about something when you can worry about it?" Right? Isn't that true for a lot of us? We worry rather than pray. Look what Jeremiah said. Why, why should we pray? Remember what we said? Because God said, you call to me and I'll answer you. And I'll tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. You won't figure it out yourself unless you come to me in prayer. You call on me. And so our approach to God, our posture to God, is when we align the condition and the emotion of our heart with the words of our mouth. Sometimes we just forget who we are, and we forget who God is. Let me just remind you, the one you pray to is the one who took nothingness and spoke everythingness. He took, the, the Latin word is ex nihilo. He took absolutely nothing and made absolutely everything, including you. That God is the one who says, hey, call on me. I'll answer, and I'll show you great and wonderful things so it's an invitation for us to align and then the last thing we oh let's look at Isaiah 65 look at look at what it says in Isaiah 65 24 he says Bef before this is why it's so cool that you align your words with your heart this is how we know God's already read our heart it says before they call I answer before you ever voiced it he's got an answer in the chamber with you in the crosshairs. Before you even pray, he stands ready 
to answer. He says, while they were yet speaking, I will hear. He's saying, listen, I already know the emotion of your heart. So it's your part, your side of it, is to speak the emotion of your heart. All right? Now, the fifth thing, the final thing, which is really cool, uh, is promise. The promise regarding a breakthrough prayer life. You ready? Here's what he finishes up. I want to read the whole thing again. Because I want to help you understand the context of this whole thing that Jesus is teaching disciples. You, me, those who follow Jesus. Okay? He says, and he told them a parable to, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a certain judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will, keep her, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? And here's verse 8. I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Seems like a little bit of a curveball, doesn't it? He's been talking about a widow, an unnamed widow, an unnamed city, and an unnamed ungodly judge. And he wraps it up and he says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Are you ready? Luke chapter 17, Jesus has just addressed his second coming, his glorious return. So here's what's happening. Jesus is saying, listen, disciples, no matter where you are between Jesus' first coming and Jesus' second coming, you be persistent in prayer. You make it a priority in your life. You understand the possibilities of an impossible God. You understand that, that God is God and you are not. You understand that all you do is you posture yourself before Him, revealing the emotion of your heart. And I got a promise for you that's bigger than you know. He says, I'm going to answer your prayers when they are in alignment with my will and my way and my word. He says, I will do for you beyond anything you can possibly imagine because you can't understand me because you are created and I'm the creator. He says, but there's a day coming. You may be in that for a while season, okay? But afterward. And wherever we are between his first coming and his second coming, we're in a while. We just keep praying. We just keep praying. It just becomes natural in our life that we just cry out to God, revealing our needs, our requests, our gratitude. We just have an ongoing, on-flowing relationship with God through prayer. And he says, there's a day coming when joy's coming, peace is coming, his, his glorious kingdom is coming, his earthly rain is coming a brand new heaven and a new earth is coming and so here's what we do knowing that is coming we're in this season here a while 
Afterward, he's coming. So we just live our lives right here, trusting God, praying to God, relying on God, all of his promises, all of his word, all of his will and his way. We just live in this, praying and he answering, praying, he responding, praying and he delivers. We just, we're in this cycle. But knowing there's a greater picture out there that above all of this stuff that we're praying about right now, there's a better day coming when Jesus is going to bust the sky open with his saints after the rapture and we're coming to this earth and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years and it's 100% peace no sickness no death no sorrow and we will reign with him for a thousand years and then he's going to create it all brand new and we'll be with him forever let that be the condition the motivation what moves us to pray knowing that what we have right now is temporary but God is sending eternal when Jesus returns again. And that's the message of this little eight-verse passage. I want you to bow your heads for a second and close your eyes. Paul said that we should comfort each other with these words. You should be comforted in knowing that Jesus is going to return. John says that this hope purifies us. Paul says that the coming judgment is what motivates us to continue. When we have just a worldview, it conditions our prayers. But when we have a heavenly perspective and a biblical worldview, man, it will ignite our prayers into a dimension of breakthrough that we have often never experienced before and I want you to know all of this begins when we receive God's grace gift whose name is Jesus you me no one will ever have a breakthrough prayer life or any kind of prayer life to the true and living God apart from our intercessor who is Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit the only way you get the Holy Spirit is through Jesus, His Son. So today, maybe you find yourself at a crossroad. Maybe today you didn't come looking for Jesus, but He found you. And He's reached into the depth of your soul and invited you into His family. It's undeniable when He does that question is will you receive it will you respond if that's just describe you today you simply pray God I'm a sinner and I know it and I fully know I've tried to fix some things I cannot fix myself but God, for some reason in this moment, I sense your presence down deep inside of me, inviting me to a new place. So God, I give my sinful self to Jesus in all of his perfection and his sacrifice on a cross. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want your Holy Spirit to take up residence in my life. I trade all of my brokenness for all of your perfection. Thank you for hearing my prayer. 
Help me live for you as Lord for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And then for many of us, we're at a different crossroad. We're at the crossroad where we decide, am I going to fully trust the possibilities of God? Am I going to truly begin to posture myself real before God? Not some artificial, superficial channel of conversation with God, but posture myself where my words align truly with the emotion and condition of my heart. Our prayer is, Jesus, I trust your promises for today, for tomorrow, and for forever. I look forward to your glorious return. Count me in the number because I have received your grace gift and I know that I am a child of yours, not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus did for me. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit's speaking into our hearts and our souls. God, help us leave with a fresh desire for a miraculous encounter. Help us do what you told us to do. Call on you and you will answer and show us great and miraculous things. You are so good to continue to love someone like us so bad. We thank you for your unending love. We thank you for your patience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast, and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.